I have the same prayer as old Brother Spurgeon did. If the Lord puts someone in a place, you have a heart for those people in that area to be saved. And if you don't, you ain't got no business doing it. Uh, and I, I, I pray that after my days are done, if the Lord has a people here, he keeps his light here and calls them out, or he moves them to where the light is. And I'm real thankful that old Charles wasn't alive to see what happened. Uh, when the Lord moves a candlestick, his, he always has a witness, but it's a frightful thing when he moves it. And we're so prone to wonder and so prone to backslide. Don't we? We'll turn to Genesis 32. Genesis 32. We've been going through Genesis. We've been looking at the story of Jacob for a while now. Jacob's been on a roller coaster, hasn't he? It's been spread out over a couple of decades. He's about halfway through his life, but he's already what we call an old man at this point. He's pushing 100. <laughs> he's up there. He's been on a roller coaster. He came from his father's house where everything was his. He had the inheritance. He had the blessing and Everything around him was his. and He had to go find a bride. And he was scared of Esau, and so he ran. <laughs> I need a wife. That was in the 70s. <laughs> Good reason, isn't it? Go run him. And God met him. God came to where Jacob was, and he spoke to Jacob, and he made promises to Jacob. And then we don't hear him speak of the Lord for 20-some years. God came to him. He worshipped God when his pillar became his pillar. <laughs> he had a pillow and it became a pillar. Didn't we didn't hear him speak of the Lord for 20-some years. He is busy. Oh, man, he had a lot going on. Oh, he was raising kids. How busy you get. He had a full-time job. Business was a booming. They had to go on vacation and stuff. But, I mean, just a lot of stuff going on. Didn't mention God one time. And he paid the price for it. He paid the price for it. Twelve unruly sons of Jacobs. We'll be looking at something, isn't it? Didn't speak of the Lord for that that long. And at the end of thirty one, he's a chapter thirty one. He's afraid of Laban, and he leaves. He flees in the middle of the night, and he says plainly, "I was scared. I was afraid of you." The Lord told him to leave. The Lord just came to him again. <laughs> Say, hey, it's time to go home. I'm with you, remember? I'm with you. As I promised I would be, you obviously haven't kept anything. I'll come to you. You're mine. He loved him. And he said, go home. And he said, we're going to do this in the middle of the night because I'm scared to death. What a fool. Is he a fool? Am I? And then he worships God, doesn't he? He says, the Lord's done this. Laban's satisfied. He's, we've made a covenant. He ain't going to mess with us. We ain't going to mess with him. That's over. That enemy is gone. And they worshiped God. They thought of Christ and him crucified. And they exalted the Savior. What a blessing that is. Right after Laban and worshiping, we have two verses of utter confidence. Two verses of just assurance. Do you want that? Contentment. And then immediately following, <laughs> he's scared to death again. 
He's on a roller coaster, isn't he? Look here in Genesis 32, verse 1. And Jacob went on his way. That's right after they separated from Laban. They'd worshiped God. And the angels of God met him. And when Jacob saw them, he said, This is God's host. And he called the name of that place Mahanaim. And in verse 6 it says, And the messengers returned to Jacob and said, Your brother Esau is coming with 400 men. And Jacob was greatly afraid and distressed. <laughs> you ever walk out of a church service and the Lord blesses you and you're just, I mean, oh, I could take on nations. I ain't scared of nothing. One, one thousand, two, one thousand. <laughs> I could have got killed in that intersection. Oh, <laughs> oh, we've Worms, you worm, Jacob. That's what I am. Just a worm. I'm a maggot. Oh, what a fool I am. I pray the Lord's host would be with us today. The child of God, they're going to get lost. They're going to wander off the trail, and they will absolutely forsake the assembly of the saints. Hear me. A child of God will completely forsake the assembly of the saints and they may sit in a pew and never miss a church service. You, you may forsake. I know people that's left reformed religion and, and, and never went back in another church and they're just as, they're in it just as hard as they've ever been. And I know people that sit underneath thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of gospel messages and they never heard of one of them. But God's child, sometimes it takes a couple thousand. And then all of a sudden, when did it say that? How long has that been there? <laughs> when he's pleased, he'll turn them on. He'll wake them up. He'll wake them up. Jacob was a black backslider. Men of old, 150 years ago, it's said, keep preach on that. You give men an excuse. They say, hey, Lord's people's going to. Be prone to wonder. Lord's people's going to backslide. They're going to have times where they won't. They can't hear nothing. They, they can't. It ain't loud enough. They can't hear. They can't pay attention. They can't find Christ in the Scriptures. That's going to happen. That's going to happen. I see, you can't say that. People do it. Love don't find a reason to do the least amount. Love don't say, "Oh well, we're going to backslide. Let's hit the lake. <laughs> Time to go on vacation this weekend." No, 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 no. Love doesn't do that. Sin does that. That's what an old man does. The Lord spoke to Jeremiah, and he said, Why then is this people of Jerusalem slidden back by perpetual backsliding? I'll, I'll never do that. Well, don't ne never say never, huh? Turn over to Hosea. Why, why should I have no fear of saying these things? I, and I think I've been pretty consistent and honest with folks. You don't want to give? Don't. You don't want to come. I ain't chasing nobody in the parking lot. You don't want to come underneath the gospel? Don't. That's your business. My job's to tell it. My job ain't to corral folks. Uh, I can't. If I, the Lord's people backslide, we forget and we get to where we don't want to hear nothing and can't hear nothing, and that's hard. Who's going to fix that? Do we need to pick ourselves up by the bootstraps? No, 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 no. Hosea 14. There's a title in my Bible. That says, a plea to return to the Lord. That's wrong. I crossed that out. It's a command. It's a command to return to the Lord. Because he commands it. Salvation is a commandment. Look here in Hosea 14, verse 1. O Israel, return unto the Lord thy God, for thou hast fallen by thine iniquity. 
Take with you words and turn to the Lord. Say unto him, take away all iniquity. Repent. That's what it is, isn't it? Save. Take what, cleanse me. Purge me. Plead my case. And receive us graciously. So we will render the calves of our lips. Lord, do this. Let us praise you. Make us praise you. Save us. Give us a new heart that praises you. The Lord commands that to his people. It's going to happen. Asher shall not save us. We will not ride upon horses, neither will we say any more to the work of our hands. Ye are our gods, for in thee the fatherless findeth mercy. We're not looking to the way that we did things. We're not looking to the way that man has said that things are done. We're looking to you because those that have no father, those that have no life, they're only going to find mercy in you. Not in an idea, not in a confession. They're going to find it in a person, in you. And the Lord says, I will heal their backsliding. Well, we perpetually backslide, right? How am I going to fix it? Now, you got, I'm going to guilt you all. And it, that's what I'm saying. Anytime I ever have something to say about attendance, it's the people that's sitting here, right? <laughs> You're looking at me. I can't do nothing. The Lord will heal their backsliding, and I will love them freely. Well, I'll heal their backsliding if they quit backsliding. No, he's going to heal their backsliding. What would they do? Nothing. He's just going to love them freely, freely. For mine anger is turned away from them. Does that mean that, well, boy, we got a license now. Do what you want. I'm going to go rob banks, and uh, I'm going to move to Hawaii. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. No, I was saying to get out of jail. We ain't playing Monopoly here. Uh, God loved us and saved us. Gave us a new heart. There's a new creation if he's done a work in you. It's new. It's like him. I will be as the dew unto Israel, verse 5. He shall grow as the lily and cast forth his roots as Lebanon. His branches shall spread and his beauty shall be as the olive tree and his smell of Lebanon. It's going to smell good too. Sweet smelling savor. They that dwell under his shadow shall return. And they shall receive as the corn and grow as the vine. And the scent thereof shall be the wine of Lebanon. When he heals us, here's what we'll say. That's what we said back in verse 2, wasn't it? We'll render the calves of our lips. Verse 8, Ephraim shall say, What have I to do anymore with idols? <laughs> Things I backslid to, I don't want to touch that no more. There might be a new one next week. We're going to turn from idols. What do I have to do anymore with idols? I have heard him and observed him. I'm like a green fir. From me is thy fruit found. I don't, but you bear fruit. You fed me when I was hungry. You come visit me when I was in prison. When, Lord, when did we ever see you in prison? Didn't I always say it? The other one said, we've cast out devils in your name. But we've handed out more tapes of gospel preaching than you ever heard. He said, I don't know you. I said, Lord, when did we do these things? It says, it's your fruit, isn't it? When I've heard him, when I've observed him. That's what those people, they came to church. That woman at the well, she went and told everybody, she said, come here about a man. Told me everything. And they said, they told her. They said, I'll tell you the truth. Now all of a sudden they're witnesses. <laughs> they're going to tell the whole truth and nothing but the truth. They said, we came because we liked you. We came to, to this well to hear about a man just for you. But now we've heard him. Lord, speak to the souls of your people. Your salvation. Oh, I pray that. I earnestly pray that. He will. He will. Verse 9 says, Who is wise 
and he shall understand these things. Prudent, and he shall know them. For the ways of the Lord are right, and the just shall walk in them, but the transgressors shall fall therein. He'll do that. He'll perform it. And what he does is right. I want you to pay attention to me. I've got something to tell you. If somebody leaves the gospel, they've heard this, they've heard the preaching of the gospel, and then they don't come to hear the gospel no more. They was in the fold, and then they ain't in the fold no more because they went out from us because they're not with us. You know what I mean? Easy words. If they're not under the sound of the gospel anymore, if someone lives as a person that does not know God, do not assume that they're the Lord's and they're just erring. Well, now, no, no. Assume they're lost. Assume they're lost. Does that mean we cast away and burn the bridges and don't? No. Pray for them as one that's never known Christ. That's the same either way. <laughs> Reveal Christ in them. Lord, save them. Speak to their souls. Speak to them. You have to do this. You have to heal that backsliding. Speak to them. If they've made a profession of faith and they've went turned clean to the world, assume they're lost and pray that God calls them and heals them and turns them from their idols. If you turn from something, you're turning to something, right? If I turn from this wall, well, now I'm facing something else. Pray that he turns them from their idols and the gods of their own hands to him, and they see him, and they observe him. That's what to pray. How will we know if, they, if they've been turned? They'll repent. They'll repent. They'll render the calves of their lips. That's what that prodigal son in Luke 15 did, didn't he? He left, and it said, and when he came to himself, he'd heard all these things, and he went running. I've done that. I've, I knew the Lord, and you know the things I've done? Willful rebellion. And you forget these things, and you turn from them. I slid a long way. Just doesn't remember. Go days without thinking about him. What a dark, horrible place that was. And then my pure mind was stirred up. He stirred it. That prodigal said, when his mind came to himself, he said, "How many servants of my father's house have had bread to spare? The the slaves of my daddy's house, they got bread coming out of their ears, and I'm going to die of hunger. He's laying there eating corn husk with the hogs he's feeding. He said, I'm going to go to my father." And I'm going to say, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee. I've sinned against God. Against thee and thee only have I sinned, and you saw me do it. And I better re rehearse that a whole lot, didn't he? And he said, I'm no more worthy to be called your son. We have to see our unworthiness to see his worth. You get that? We have to be made low so he's made high. We must decrease. He must increase. It's going to have to happen. We always think of sliding down, don't we? We're sliding up when we slide away. We're, we're getting high on our hog and our head's getting puffed up with how much we know. And oh, i got a handle on this now. What's God say? Right? He said, I'm no more worthy to be called your son. I just want to be one of your hired servants. If I could be a door, doorkeeper in the house of God. And he arose and he came to his father. But whenever he was a great ways off, that father saw him. And he'd, he'd rehearsed, he had his prayers, and all of his, his doctrine was just right in the line, wasn't it? Didn't even get a chance to say it. The father saw him and ran to him and fell on his neck and kissed him and hugged him. And he said, Father, I've sinned against heaven and in thy sight. I'm not worthy to be called your son. That's true. That's right, isn't it? 
But the father said to his servants, didn't even acknowledge what he said. <laughs> he said to his servants, bring the best robe, put a ring on him, put shoes on his feet, he's barefoot. <laughs> Clothe this one and kill a fatted calf, a good one. Let's eat. We'll have a party because my son was dead, now he's alive. Who makes alive? Who quickens? Lord does. That's his work. For those backsliding Jacobs, those that are loved, they shall be saved. And the Lord sends a host of angels to guide us and to welcome us home. He reveals his power. He reveals his will. He reveals Christ to us again. That's day by day. People say, well, that was a long time ago and I grew out of that. Well, wait till tomorrow morning. Those angels are messengers. They're servants. They're not chunky, little, white, blonde-headed babies flying around. We looked at that last hour, didn't we? Two of them took on all Sodom and Gomorrah like it wasn't nothing. These are the Lord's servants. They accomplish what he sends them to do. And Jacob came there, and they'd worshiped God, and he just saw a whole host of angels, God's host, surrounding him. He says in Psalm 91, He shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. He's got to keep them angels, too. I thought about that often. If, if there's a whole host of angels, this week's just been horrible for me. If there's a whole host of angels looking at me, and they can see my thoughts or see what I do or hear what comes out of my mouth, they, you think they'd slay me right then? This one can't be a child of God. Kill him. Why we got bodyguarding this one? <laughs> that's why happened to Satan, wasn't it? He said, "You mean they're going to act like that?" And that's what they are. That's the the feminine noun they are. They're sin, not something they did, not an idea. That's what they are. And you're going to send your son to die for them, and you're going to make all them just like him, and they ain't going to do nothing for it, and they didn't earn it. He came like a lightning bolt from heaven down, didn't he? Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for them who shall be heirs of salvation? Those that he set to have charge over his people, watch them in all their ways. They're sent to minister to serve the people that are heirs of salvation. And he says, shall be. Shall be from birth. I'm, I'm completely immortal until the Lord decides to take me off this earth. A bullet can't touch me. A, a, a germ can't touch me. A car wreck can't happen. I can't wreck on ice coming to church and die. Nothing can happen until he's pleased for that to take, take place. Those that haven't heard him yet, they can't die until they hear him. His children. That's why we pray. If there's breath in their lungs, there's hope that he might be pleased to make that they're one of his. So we pray for them, don't we? Pray for our enemies. Some of those angels, they look like us. And cherubims, they got the two that cover their face and two that cover their feet, two that fly, and they cry, holy, holy, holy. But some of them look like us. How could I know such a thing? I, well, I don't, just what the Word says. Isn't it? <laughs> Hebrew writer said, let brotherly love continue. Be not forgetful to entertain strangers. Who's strangers? The checkout person at Ross. You hear me, children? If you pump a gas, if you're getting groceries, or somebody cuts you off, that's strangers. You don't know who they are. Don't forget to entertain strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unaware. What would they be doing here? <laughs> Turn over First Peter. I'll tell you what to do. We got something precious. Bob prayed for that, and it's so. And I, I pray we could know it. Um, 
There's some, I can tell you a whole lot of places where I think the gospel is and where I think the gospel ain't. But if it's here, we ought to take heed. Right? It, it might be there, it might be there, it might be there. I know it's here. We ought to support it where we know it is. Those that know it somewhere else ought to support it in that area. Here in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 10. Well, Matthew Henry said, When God, God designs his people for extraordinary trials, he prepares them by extraordinary comforts. When he's going to design an extraordinary trial for you, he's going to prepare you for that trial by giving you extraordinary comfort. And that's so, isn't it? Here in 1 Peter 1, Jacob had those hosts come to him to see that. Peter writes these things. 1 Peter 1, verse 10. Of which salvation the prophets have inquired and searched diligently, who prophesied of the grace that should come unto you. Those prophets of old, they wrote these things, and I was like, I, I know the Lord wants me to write this, but boy, how's this going to play out? Searching what or what manner of time the Spirit of Christ which was in them did signify when it testified beforehand the sufferings of Christ and the glory that should follow. We know this is going to happen. We know Christ is going to come, and this is going to physically take place on this earth, and he's going to rise. We don't know when, and we don't know what that's going to look like. They searched those things. They wanted to know. Unto whom it was revealed that not unto themselves, but unto us they did minister these things. You was writing that, Isaiah. That wasn't for you. That was for me to read and for you to read and an Ethiopian eunuch to read. That's why. Which are now reported unto you by them that have preached the gospel unto you with the Holy Ghost. Sit down from heaven. God's ascension gifts comes to a place and they, they tell you what this word says and what it means. They give you knowledge because you can read the English language, and they give you understanding. They tell you what it means through the gospel. Which things the angels desire to look into. That, God says so. I don't understand that. If angels had a, they, they got a day off, right? <laughs> they, had time, they had free time. They would want to come hear us preach the gospel out of this place. Can you imagine? They want to go to rescue and go hear John preach this morning. Just peeking in the window, like, I want to, boy, I want to hear. He, he's going to say something. Isn't that amazing? Which seek, it's things the angels desire to look into. With that in mind, wherefore gird up the loins of your mind. You think if the angels want to look into it, you reckon we ought to? Gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and hope to the end. For the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. They're good servants and bad servants, aren't they? For us, they're ministering spirits. That's what we read in Second uh, Corinthians. It said, no marvel, Satan himself transformed into an angel of light. And it says he has uh, his own angels that were cast out with him. A third of the heavenly host was, was sent out. Even those minister to us and for us. Not to us, but for us. Therefore, our, our good. Turn over to Second Kings. What about us? What about believers in the days of old days now? We have these words, Second Kings chapter 6. These are true stories. Did you know that? The Lord recorded these. It's true. This, this happened. This happened. These angels were looking into something, and then they got exposed. I know we've looked at this recently. Do you want to read it again? It don't bother me none. Is that all right? Second Kings 6, verse 14. 
they had <clears throat> that king of Syria, which is always a picture of the world and Satan and our enemies, and pursuing one man, Elisha, as a fellow preaching the truth. And a whole nation said, kill him and get him out of the way. He's ruining stuff for us. Does that sound familiar? <laughs> what a picture of Christ, huh? It's hot on his heels. God's prophet standing out there saying, here's what God says. And everybody wanted to kill him. Did he go hunker and hide in the corner? No. <laughs> Verse 14. Therefore sent he thither horses and chariots and a great host, and they came by night and compassed about the city. They clean surrounded Elisha. And when the servant of the man of God was risen early, that's a good thing to do. That servant of Elisha got up real early and went out, and he saw that the they compassed the city both with horses and chariots. The servant saith unto him, Alas, my master, how shall we do? That little young fellow went and woke, woke Elisha up and said, What are we going to do? Uh, we're clean, surrounded. And he answered, Fear not, for they that be with us are more than they that be with them. He's, that, that servant's seen with his eyes, isn't he? Uh, there's two of us. I don't know how you count too good. <laughs> I don't know how you learn how to add in school, but uh, there's two of us and there's a host of them. We're surrounded. And Elisha prayed. Prayers of a righteous man availeth much, don't they? Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray thee, open his eyes. He's scared to death. I can tell him not to fear. That don't matter. You've got to speak to his heart not to fear. And you've got to prove your word to him. Open his eyes, because his eyes are shut. <laughs> open his eyes, that he may see. And the Lord opened his eyes, the young man, and he saw, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire round about Elisha. And when they came down to him, Elisha prayed unto the Lord and said, Smite this people, I pray thee, with blindness. And he smote them with blindness according to the word of Elisha. Angels camped round about. Wouldn't that be a spiritual comfort to us? If we could go out and see that. It's so, we just can't see it. Isn't that right? God's on his throne. And his ministering spirits are sent to watch over his people and keep our past. So we're drawn to him and we're healed from our backsliding. It's so. It's so. It's a frightening thing to not have, be aware of that. Physically, I've experienced this. Uh, a couple months, worldly-wise, a couple months into being here in San Diego. You know, COVID's going on, and uh, there's having to draw down in Afghanistan and all this stuff. I got a job offer. We wouldn't meet in public. And I got a job offer, and it was for six months. I could have done 12. It was a very lucrative job offer. And I mean, like, pay the house off, fund the kids' college, and I don't ever have to work again lucrative. Very lucrative. Several thousand dollars a day lucrative. And they said, you want to take it? And I said, nope, I ain't going to do it. I'd have never had to work again. Well, you could have used that for the furtherance of the gospel. Yeah. Uh, no, there's two main reasons I didn't do that. One, spiritually first, right? First and foremost, that's not what God called me to do. I had those experiences. That day's over. It's gone. Get too old. <laughs> God called me to preach. I'm to study the word and preach in this generation, in this location, in this, this locality. That's my job. I don't have another job. I got this job. He gave it to me. Spiritually, that's so. Can't do it. I'm not interested. I'm dead to this world. Carnally, too. This is a good lesson I learned. I wouldn't have had the full support of the U.S. military. I'd have been a third party. 
you get hurt, they may come and help if they can. They may not. They may send the Blackhawks, but they may not. They may not be able to. You might be surrounded by the enemy or gravely wounded, and I wouldn't have had that protection. I wouldn't have had that concentrated effort for them to recover me, for them to save me, for them to keep me. And you start working without a net, and I don't want to play that game. Do we? Carnally, we understand that. Spiritually, we're surrounded with a whole host, two hosts. How much more so the hosts of God are able to keep those that the Lord's purposed. His angels sent to keep me in all my ways. That's what Moses said. He said, Lord, if thy presence go with us, well, we'll rest. And he said, if thy presence not go with me, carry us not hence. How are we going to know that we're your people if you're with us? If you're with us. How are you going to know if somebody preaches the gospel if they preach the gospel? How are you going to know if they preach Christ? Well, uh, they're going to preach Christ. Is that complicated? Is that simple? He said, if you ain't going to let us go, don't go. He said, for wherein shall it be known here that I and thy people have found grace in thy sight if you don't go with us? So shall we be separated. We'll be cast off the face of the earth. And Moses said, I will do, and the Lord said to Moses, I will do this thing that thou hast spoken, for thou hast found grace in my sight, and I know thee by name. And that's when Moses said, Show me your glory. <laughs> Weak, wouldn't he? The Lord just told him. Mahanam, two hosts. Jacob called that place Mahanam. So I've seen the Lord. These are the Lord's hosts, and there's two of them. Two hosts is what the word means. Two camps. Two camps. What two camps could he be talking about? I try to think of every way that could be. First, he's, he's camped with two enemies, isn't he? I've seen the Lord's salvation. I've seen his host come for me, and they needed to come because I got Laban behind me, and I got Esau coming up in front of me. I got double enemies, and I need double protection. The Lord's provided that. That's one way, isn't it? Another way, there was a wicked host. Satan's ministers, posing as ministers of light, isn't it? Laban or Esau, they're chasing him, and now the angels of the Lord are there to take him home. I see that evil, and I see this good. I see that wicked, and I see this holy. I see those two things. That could very, very well be the case. We're surrounded by both our enemies and those that minister to us, ain't we? And we're doubly surrounded by the mighty servants of the Most High. To the front and to the rear, we're surrounded. To the left and to the right, above and below. Isn't it? The Lord's messengers that's been called home already. It says, the scriptures say they rejoice in heaven over one sinner that repents. You, you think we peel back these eyes of death and see that the hosts around us and the host that's already home praying for us and rejoicing and celebrating <laughs> in sinless, sinlessness and being made just like our Redeemer. That's, that's what we're going to. That's, that's the end of the race. And in, in this earth, too, those times I've run away, and I've left, and I backslid, and I went and lived like a heathen in this world. I thought there's no way I could go back to that church. There's no way I could go back and see those people of God that stayed there faithfully. They won't have nothing to do with me. They may not make fun of me, but I'm gonna get some bad, dirty looks, ain't it? I went back, and there was hugs. When are you gonna cut my grass? You gonna cut this summer? Just one comforting thing. Angels of God ministering to me, looking after me. There's a host in heaven, his messengers and his servants, and there's host here on earth. That's true. 
But it's the seen and unseen things too, isn't it? Turn over to Psalm 23. Psalm 23. Jacob got through worshiping God. Laban had departed. His enemy was gone. And he saw the hosts of the Lord. The two camps, the two hosts. And he praised God for it. And I thought of this, Psalm 23. David wrote, the Lord is my shepherd, shall not want. He's brought me through all those things. We went through some mud holes to get here to this pasture, but he brought me. He's the shepherd. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me. That's what he promised. Jacob, I'm going to be with you. And he comes to him again. Jacob, I'm with you. I ain't going to leave you. And he comes to him again. Jacob, I'm going to be with you. (laughs) He's long-suffering. Ain't you thankful? I am. I will fear no evil. For thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. That punishment, or not punishment, that chastening that you give me, that's a comfort. I'm thankful for that. You know what Solomon said? This is God's word, and so people don't like it. That's between them and God. He said, you beat your son with the rod. He won't die from it. He ain't going to die. Take a, don't, take a switch to him, good and hard. He'll be all right. He'll live. Because I know that with me. The Lord sent me through heavy trials, and it was good. It was a comfort. Thou preparest the table before me in the presence of mine enemies. This whole time, completely surrounded by enemies. What do you want for dinner? <laughs> We can worship. We can come be fed on the gospel. That ain't the time that we get surrounded by enemies. That's not the time you forsake the assembly of the saints. That's when you draw near. We need to hear it more, don't we? Thou preparest the table for me in the presence of my enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, and my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and dwell in the, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So Brother Spurgeon called the Lord's watchdogs. Surely goodness, that grace goes before us, leading us, guiding us, paving the path, and mercy comes right up behind, covering that sin that we've committed every day. It's attached to our feet. That's two hosts, isn't it? Grace and mercy. Mahanam, isn't it? We're completely surrounded by the Almighty God, and He's good. He can do no wrong. Back in our text, Genesis 32, Jacob went on his way, and the angels of God met him. They came to where Jacob was, and Jacob saw them, and he said, This is God's host, and he called the name of that place Mahanam. He was surrounded by the Lord. Walk across the hot coals, buddy, ready to go. I ain't scared of nothing. I won't fear. Next week, we'll look at verse 3. Oh, no, Esau, I forgot about him. <laughs> We're a fickle people, ain't we? So, so prone to wonder, so prone to leave the God I love. And he's so faithful. We're so unbelieving, and he's so faithful to draw us back to himself, to draw us back to himself. I don't want to go away. Right down the road from our house this whole week, there's three sheep that's got loose. And I'm not a... 
I don't, I don't keep sheep. You don't keep sheep that I know of. None of y'all do. But there's three sheep, and that one was standing in the middle of the road when I was getting up to go to work the other day. So that's somebody's sheep. You get that? And it, we're, was it, well, it must have been, maybe it's Jack's. That's his house. When all they're out front, he ain't got them. Well, didn't he call the people down the road? Didn't they come looking for them? They're walking on, they're going to die. Like, that's just good common sense to people, right? We understand those things. I'm the sheep. And I'm owned by somebody. And he shall get his people. He's going to gather all of them. He's the good shepherd. All right.